Hey, this is Front to Back, and I'm Kurt Vance from Power Pop Overdose. And this week we feature guitarist, vocalist, and the guy with probably the coolest hair in Southern California, Joe Giddings. Joe shares his thoughts and a brief history about his new Cool Cat release, Better From Here. So sit back and enjoy Front to Back with Joe Giddings. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Giddings uh, speaking from my living room in Los Angeles, California, slash Hollywood. Thank you for listening in. Apparently, I'm about to talk about my new record called Better From Here, released through Cool Cat Records, and I'm really looking forward to getting it out to everybody after a very long time. This album has been in progress since 2014. I've tried to release it a number of times online, but was never satisfied with some of the mixes or the mastering in any way. I've finally gotten it down to where the songs are in the order I like, and the mastering is correct, and it's a full album now, with a couple bonus tracks, which I'll explain. And again, thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoy. The first song on the record is called Better From Here, which is also the title of the album. The cover of the album is a microscope view of a needle in a groove. The point there being I feel that, of course, it's always wonderful to hear music coming from a vinyl record. But it's also a metaphor for me Uh, at the time of writing the song in 2014 of having a new fresh start and things getting better because I had lived in Atlanta for 17 years and this song was one of the first songs I wrote coming out of there and moving into my home in Ohio at the time. And of course, the album cover is a microscope view of a record groove with a needle in it. And to me, of course, Better From Here also implies that music sounds better, at least for me and many others, on vinyl. Now, this album may never, ever see a vinyl release. That would be a dream come true. But um, that's just a personal, fun uh, uh, tip of the hat to vinyl records and how I feel that uh, the sound quality on vinyl records is just wonderful. And so there you have it. Better from here. But I'm good. 
The second song on the album is called It's Always Raining Somewhere, and it was written in response to a feeling of people being really down, including myself at times, um, having dealt with depression in my life, and knowing that even though it seems a drag when it's raining, it can also be a blessing, and it's not worth the effort to complain about it, but to try your best to enjoy it. And that was my hope when I wrote the song, is that folks would see that and feel that within the song. Because even though it's always raining somewhere, it means that it, it's not always that bad. That's my hope that people get out of it, is that things aren't as bad as they seem.
Amity Horror is the next song on the record. It's about a fictional character based on the, I don't know, trouble-loving girl from the movie Carrie and how she and her friends and boyfriend all, you know, strive to make Carrie's life miserable and how that there's people, especially young girls in high school and colleges who have that mentality of wanting to just deride someone and make them feel awful about themselves and hurt them and so they feel better about themselves and how some of that may be due to their parents allowing them to do whatever the heck they want to do and so there you have it it's it's my halloween song if you want to call it that Just 
Gone So Far is the next song, and it's about dealing with being left alone in a relationship for any length of time when you truly feel a good strength when you're together, but weak when you're apart. And basically, that's what this song is about. Read my book, now I'm reading 
Tinfoil Crush is a song basically written around a metaphor using tinfoil as a thin, easily ripped and torn and destroyed item, uh, much like a relationship based solely on sex or solely on looks or solely on money and how easy it is for um, a relationship or a crush, if you will, to fall apart when it's based on things that are that thin. And there you have it. Roll is the next song, which is obviously a title that has been used a billion times, but the song for me is a little bit of an homage to Cheap Trick, but also a, I don't know, a nod and a wink to everyone in the music business who understands that the music business sucks and that uh, auto-tune is awful and that the soul of rock and roll is sometimes seemingly in jeopardy because of that kind of thing and that thought of mass-produced music for the masses without any soul at all. So I'm basically in the song just praising the soul of rock and roll, the real true soul of rock and roll that we all feel when we're rocking out and deriding the, the fakeness of auto-tune and the corporate world of music. 
If I Don't Have Love is a song I wrote right at the very beginning of dealing with a divorce. And the truth of the song for me is that no matter how bad things are in a relationship, even if it has to end, it's very difficult for anybody to live without being able to receive or give love. Just knowing the, the truth of that and to me the sanctity and the, uh, the power of what we all feel when we are loved and when we love someone uh, is super important for all of our lives and we need it. And so if I don't have love, I'm, I'm not going to make it. Happy to say I have it. I'm very pleased, very happy. Life is better since it was written, but I hope that it gives people who are going through a hard time in their relationships a little bit of hope and a little perspective to know that love isn't a game. It's, it's hard and it's awesome.
Brand New Day is the next song, and fairly self-explanatory, knowing that there are times in our lives when it's kind of rough, and, you know, you wake up the next day after a really bad day, and it's a brand new day, and you're hoping for the best, and you're looking forward to seeing things improve, and I guess it's mostly a song of hope.
Irrelevant is the next song, and it is pretty much written about how I felt in 2014, uh, thinking that my songs were, you know, good enough songs, but not like they were going to barnstorm the world and take over and that I had no intention of wearing a meat suit to a show or screaming at the top of my lungs about something political or uh, yelling at other musicians and making fun of them or just being an angry person in general. It's just not me. I was just a standard, fair, normal, average guy who loved to rock. And to me, that felt like not enough. And so I did. I felt irrelevant. And uh, it's snarky and it's tongue-in-cheek. And it's not meant in any way to be offensive. It's just how I felt. Alone But As One, that's the next song, which is the only song mixed 
by someone else other than myself. It's Kelsey Denzison. He's uh, the son of Mark Denzison from The River Dogs with Vivian Campbell of Dio fame. And uh, he mastered the record, actually. But Kelsey took a shot and did a really great job of mixing this song. So it's the newest song. I basically went through a bunch of old notebooks during our lockdown uh, for COVID and uh, discovered some lyrics that seemed fairly on point for the times. And I just was inspired enough to write the entire song and record it. I released it. And then after I released it, I was like, yeah, that could sound better. <laughs> and so I had uh, Kelsey remix and I'm very pleased with the results, and it's the last song on the album proper. Here's a story of the world and what's in it, and what's happening here right now. Oh, lies are pouring out like wine every minute, with a sound bite and a smile. We're lining up single file To crawl the miracle mile So if you want to be free right now Close your eyes and dream Dream will be alright Dream And I'm holding you close now Billy Said the F Word is the next song, which is the first of the two bonus tracks on the record. I recorded it in 2000, and it was just a gag, but based on my uh, appreciation, basically, I was influenced by The Marvelous Three, Butch Walker's band, uh, from Rome, Georgia. Just as they had been like tongue-in-cheek and kind of quirky and fun with angular power pop, I just fell in with that and decided to write a song sort of in that style. 
you know, production, you know, kitchen sink <laughs> and heavy riffs and tons of harmonies, just like I like. And so I hope you enjoy it. And it was recorded on a VS-880 back in the day. There you have it. Billy said the F word. Okay, the final track. It truly is the final track. It's the last of the two bonus tracks on the record and was intended as the final track on the actual album. But because it was so slow and gentle, it just didn't feel right with the rest of the record. So I've, again, put it on as a bonus track. It's just using um, vinyl records as a metaphor. Uh, Again, the front cover and back cover and the disc that you hold in your hand has microscopic grooves from records on them. So I'm pulling all the stops out, comparing life, my life at the time specifically, to uh, a vinyl record and how, you know, the needle cuts in and you get scratched and you get wore out and pieces of you fall apart. You can get a crack, you can warped. These are all obviously metaphors for how my life was feeling at the time. And, um, And I think it may also strike a chord in folks who feel that same way but knowing that finally at the very end of the day or the very end of your life 
you finally find your purpose and your drive and your goals are met or you have real true goals that you've set and can meet. And that's basically what Final Track is all about.
Thank you for listening. I am very grateful for you all who are taking a moment to listen to this meandering about my album. I'm very grateful. And I trust that you will give a listen if you would like to purchase it. It's coming through Cool Cat Records. And uh, I'm very grateful to Kurt Vance for giving me an opportunity to share some insights into this record with you. Thank you, everybody. Joe Giddings signing off.